Hey, Nicole. Hi, Evie. Oh, my God. Quick intro. Hi. How are you? Oh, my God. Really Great. good. Everything's good. Cheers to the queers. Should we get there? Cheers. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Nicole. Hi, Evie. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Cheers so to I the queers. brought a glass bottle. Yeah. You Might sounded Canadian there. Canadian? Oh, is that why you're sounding Canadian? Because No, what? Oh, what what's that? The way you said bottle was very Canadian. Bottle? Yeah. Bottle? You know, know, my family used to make fun of me for the way I said dollar. Yeah, you're very Canadian when you say I, dollar. I feel like it's like a... Um, so I, I feel know. like the way you just said bottle was Canadian. And bottle? I was like, oh, is it because you're dollar? Ex exhibiting the clearly Canadian approach? Bottle is what, but dollar is a little stuck in you my brain. Say bottle again. Bottle. You see, you said it differently the first time. Bottle? Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking Canadian. No, I'm not. Yeah, like, that sounded like, better. Hold on. So, hold on. I'm just going to talk, 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 and then maybe talk about like, having a bottle to like. Drink. There it is. Ew, do I have a Canadian? You're Canadian. Um. Can I like actually renounce my citizenship or is that illegal? I feel like just by having the accent, I think you can legally. Just like I hereby what if I, assume Canadian. What if identity I pull ass, got arrested tonight? I think that's like legitimately legal. What if I got arrested tonight and the fucking and authorities like, came and they kicked me off to Canada? Well, oh, say I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, I'm so I fucking love Windsor. Uh huh. Yes. I do too. And I mean, more than that, I love Toronto. And oh my and, god, Toronto's and, so great. Yeah, Toronto's fun. Um, I really, 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 yeah, want to go to Montreal. Yeah, I mean that's kind of like in my plans, which is funny because like when it I lived in New England, it's a pretty quick trip from there, and that the fact that I didn't take it is a real testament to how I think like oh. Everything will work out. Yeah. See, speaking yeah. of which, then that means like you really need to get your ass up to see the bridge. So the Mackinac Bridge. I'm just saying. Here's the deal. I put a like in my heart and soul. I put like if, if it doesn't happen this October, I'm never going. Oh my. No, if it doesn't happen this October, I'm gonna jump off the bridge. <laughs> no, because it should have just fucking happened. You know what? And it's funny because I've traveled so much and I've done all these great things and stuff, but I have put so much importance in this one thing. You know what? If that you I do make it go closer. in October, I actually might be able to go with you depending on when you go. Anytime. I, I am actually, I can uh, work with somebody else's schedule okay. very easily. So, okay. So Amos and her mom usually do like their little annual fall excursion. Which I usually take time for me time, mm -hmm. but I wouldn't mind taking a couple days of my me time. Yeah, it wouldn't have to be like a huge thing. Exactly. I'm talking like just up to the bridge, see a couple leaves, get in a there, leaf, get a in leaf. there, eat a pasty. Yes, and then come back down. I want to do that like leaf drive. I don't care if it's not great, whatever the. I don't. Everybody says I want, so I want to do it. Oh, the tree tunnel of trees yep. or whatever. I'm um, like Leland. Yes, something. I want to go to where my dad lived. Because um, he lived up in Traverse City when he passed away. And I went there um, when he died. So funeral travel is always. Yeah. Yeah. Thumbs down. Yeah. Sure. It wasn't that fun. <laughs> you weren't sitting there enjoying the picturesque mm. views of Traverse City. No, no. No. I was with my kind of douchey rich uncle who was like, oh, let me show you my airplane hangar. And yeah. Well, yeah. My dad. Yeah. All of it. Anyway, we don't need to get into that. So, yeah. I want to do like. A little bit of a Traverse City excursion. I mean, when I say a little bit, I mean lunch. It doesn't have to be anything big. I just kind of want to see it. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, without my uncle's influence. And then um, I want to do that little leaf thing. And I want to do the bridge. Two days. Three days max. Yeah. I'm in. 
That's all I want. Let's do yeah. it. That's all I want. That so. would be such a fun episode too. Like uh-huh. us taking it on the road. Yeah. <laughs> like leaves. Queered on the road. Queered leaves. We're finally, finally going to be touring together. Oh my God. We're going to be on tour. We're going to be on tour. And then, um, I can't, I, so it's really, um, uh, you know, I'm a big swimmer, so I, I don't feel like I, it'll be hard to probably swim in October. Like, I feel like it'll be really cold. I think it'll be really I'm cold. Really Lake, Lake Superior, I think will be pretty Wait, cold. Wait, do we go to Superior? Oh, no, that would be up top, top, yeah. wouldn't Which it? Which I want to. I mean, that's my next year trip for sure. Yeah, no, I think that's... Uh, so I feel like it'd be Lake Michigan, but still northern. Is it Lake Michigan or is it Lake Erie still? Or is it... Lake Erie is very far south. So Lake Michigan's going to be up... So then here, maybe like it is Huron's part gonna, nope, of Huron and Michigan are going to meet in the middle. This and is... that's where like the bridge will be, Huron and Michigan. And then okay. the UP and then Superior above it. Like, okay. So this is a geography podcast now. I I mean, it can be, but also like I, I'm pretty a good Great at Lakes? I think I maybe a Great Lakes podcast. to do a Great Lakes podcast because the Edmonton's Gerald is so fucking interesting and I would love to cover that. Plus, I know where... Boatner.com. I know where their <laughs> headquarters are, and I know all of the maritime museums that are located on Lake Huron's coast. And there's so many good ones. I mean, the the one question that I do have though is, do, sure. you, do you know the song to the Edmund Fitzgerald song? I hear it all the time. Dude, years ago, I had this guy that I was kind of friends with at work, and he was. A very eccentric, strange dude, which is partly why I enjoyed his company. And uh, he had the lyrics to that song memorized, and he decided he was going to perform it all, perform it for all of us at the office. Sure. So he legit called us all out to the hallway and sang it to us all, and it was really awkward and really strange and so awesome. <laughs> That's about as painful as the crash. It was yeah. so painful because I mean, yeah, I mean. You know, people serenading a small group of people is yeah. always like, okay, where do I look? Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I mean, feel I feel like I have I, to make eye contact. I know the song in the way that I know, like the, dun, dun, you know, but I would never, yeah, like earnestly sing it. Yeah, he earnestly way. sang it. It was quite adorable. Yeah. yeah. So, but I, I mean, my plan is to get up there. Yeah, I think it's wise. Yeah. Let's do it. We'll take our, take this show on the road. We're going on tour. We're going on tour. To the Edmund Fitzgerald. <laughs> to the to Mackinac Bridge. Mackinac Bridge. If anybody's in <laughs> in on the Mackinac Bridge uh, in October, let us know. Yeah. I mean, uh, we'll We happily, will have tickets available. Yeah, we'll have to <laughs> And we'll I definitely. Pay for gas. We'll huh? pay for gas. Exactly. Yeah. So we'll have tickets available. Yeah. That'll be great. For our Mackinac Bridge tour. <laughs> awesome. So how was your week? My week was really good. good. Um, you know, we went camping this past weekend mm-hmm. up in the Thumb area for the uh, Forker Twins' birthday, and it was just Cal that showed up because Jesse was otherwise occupied. Um, but we had a really just fucking great time. You know what I mean? It was a yeah. lot of laughter. It was a lot of rain, but we still, you know, we had canopies and we had all kinds of things to keep us dry, and we had a lot of fun. And sure. Um, yeah, just wacky, wacky times. Wacky. 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 Wacky Jake times wacky. at Windsover. Windsover. It was so wonderful. Oh, my God, though. Before you tell me about your week, I have some really, I have some. Yeah, yeah. Breaking news. Yes, breaking yes, news. Please. 
Here she, here they, here we. Okay. Okay. My mom is retiring. Okay. On the 15th of September. Congratulations. And moving to Los Angeles. Shut the fuck up. For nine months to take care to help take care of Tessa while my sister finishes up her degree right before they move back here. Okay. Well, th- I mean, isn't that fucking awesome? Yes. That's wild for your mom. I hope she has like, I hope she fucking sucks every minute of it up there. Oh, I'm sure she's gonna. She's, you know, I, we all forget on this podcast. She's a very talented author. Yeah. I really, I mean, I know it's not probably her intention, but I really wish she would like go out there with her book and find a fucking agent because she could. She's really fucking clever, good writer, and she could write for a show. I mean, she has that kind of wit. It's, I'm telling you, that book is brilliant. I agree. And so, yeah, I mean, I love what she's doing, but I'm just saying she could. Well, now that she's retired, she'll have the time. <clears throat> she could. I'll, it, if you're in LA, I, if I, if free, my advice to your mom is like, make some people take some meetings because your mom is really talented. You know, fucking push it. Get in there. Push it around a little bit. Your mom is, yeah, she's yeah. really talented. So I, you know, I agree. But I love the fact that we're moving back here. So yeah, I do too. They're going to be to Kalamazoo, right? No, they're probably going to the Ann Arbor area. Oh, even closer yes, though. Even better, maybe nice. Ipsy. I don't know. We'll yeah, see. I like Ipsy. Yeah. So how was your week? Good. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> Happy birthday, Kylie. Happy I, birthday, Kylie. Yeah, it was Kylie's twenty-first. I babysat for my nephew. He cried a lot. He didn't go to bed early. Um, it was. Uh, I'm learning very much about babies and getting them to go to sleep. This is like really tricky. Yeah. Um, and he hit his face on a coffee table, which babies seem to do. I had a panic attack. I tried not to, but he's fine. Everything was fine. I know. It's the worst, though. It's like, yeah, when they hit something, like, oh they hit my the, God. like he, the underside of their eye or something, you get a little black eye. He hits, eye and he it's hits like, his face every day. I, I look like an abusive person, yep. and I'm not. He hits his face every day. But um, he was awesome. My niece was great. Everybody had fun. They went to the casino. Um, yeah. So this week's good. My mom's coming tomorrow. I know. That's so exciting. Yeah. So it should be a fun Javier week. will be back in town. Javier is heading back. To the jalapeno North. town. <laughs> I love that. I love that I make it out like that. Um, so Javier will be back tomorrow. That's very exciting. Very. Yeah. I know it's so weird. Like my mom is usually like two hours away and she's going to be like a million miles away for the next nine months. So I'm not going to get to hang out it's with her. Not, it's it's a different feeling. Yeah. It definitely. is weird. Yeah. In September, I'm planning on going there for like a week or two to help her nice. like organize and get everything ready because I can work remotely from there. Yeah. And that yeah. way I'll get to spend some time with her before she leaves me. But Boo-hoo. but think about like when they come back here, you'll be even closer. Oh, Wait, is your mom going to go to Ann Arbor or is she going to stay in Ohio? Uh, no, she doesn't live in Ohio. No, she lives in Kalamazoo. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm Your dad lives in Ohio. I mix it up. Yes, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, the plan, I think, is to move to Ann Arbor at, at some point. I don't know if it'll be a right away thing or how that'll work. But yeah, I mean. So it should be closer then, mm-hmm. too. I mean, yeah. that's a big, you know. Eventually, yeah. I mean, my mind is just I, moving oh, further, and further away. And I get to escort my mom out to LA to like help her with all of her shit, including the cat. So that means I get to see baby Tessa again. Are you gonna drive out there? Or no, fly? we're probably fly. gonna fly. Although yeah. I'm wondering if maybe a train wouldn't be better. But. No. Okay. Well, maybe. I don't know. We'll talk about it after. But like, I, I went on a train once, and it was so 
It was so tough. You've only been on a train once? No, I've been on a million trains, but I went on a train to Olympia. Uh Uh-huh. And, um... Did you have a sleeper car? I did have... Well, my friend had a sleeper car. I didn't Uh regularly, but I could sleep with them. But, um... It was just... It's not like a bus. A bus is very hard. I've done that too. Yeah. I've done a bus from LA to Detroit. Yeah, that would be a couple awful. times. Um, the sleeper car is really nice. First of all, it was really expensive. It was like, I, for us, it was 700 bucks. Okay. So that's, you know, it's kind of pricey for. Yeah. Because you think like, oh, like it'll be a little cheaper than. No, it was more expensive. Um, another thing that happened, a big chunk of it, there was a piece of a, a window that was missing in the train. And it causes like chaos that like when the wind so we had like our the sleeper car and where my seat was and there was the window broken there and that caused problems so they stopped and and before they stopped first of all it was like fucking freezing in the car and then they stopped to fix it and that took like extra time and it was just it just felt like a constant things were taking extra time and it was like it wasn't smooth. And I know, I mean, some yeah. probably are. Yeah. I'm sure they probably are. Sure, yeah. It wasn't smooth at all. It took days upon days upon days. And it wasn't like, and like, even when you thought you were going to like, look at nice things, I don't know how to explain it, but you couldn't look out the window. Like, even if you want, like, it was so, like, kind of filthy and like, sta- like, you couldn't oh, see anything. Oh, the windows anything. were gross? Yeah, it wasn't like, there was nothing, like, it was fun and I would do it again, but I wouldn't pay that money. Because yeah. we ended up paying like 700 bucks. Yeah, that's it. way too much money. But I don't know what her situation is with stuff yeah. and all of the well, things. Well, the big, so. biggest thing, the reason why it costs so much is, be, well, because my friend and I went in on it because I thought it'd be cheaper to do like one sitting mm-hmm. seat and one sleeper car and I could sleep with them. Right, right. The sleeping car was so expensive. And then the sitting seat wasn't that cheap either. It was like 300, yeah. almost 400 bucks. It seems it like, like if you get a sleeper car, you should also get a sitting seat. It should be just sort of like price of it. Admission. Yeah, it was, and it was two like, people. Yeah, we all had we lay both, in my bed the whole time. We both had to pay for our prices separate, and then yeah, it was just it was it was just different, and also because I spent a lot of time in Europe, and that that one point where I like saw the like win- the windows so were beautiful. Everything basically was beautiful. Basically, what you're telling me, it's not going to be like Murder on the Orient Express or anything like that. It was is just that, really, wait, is that the boat? I don't know what that is. I don't know which one is the All I can say it was really like cars. It was a lot more difficult, stressful, and filthy than I thought it would be. Okay. Now, that being said, sounds like fun. It still can be an experience, yeah, you know. For sure. But I'm just saying it's not gonna be something like you're gonna get on, you're gonna have this like lovely place, like this you know, thing plays a stay. It's, it's not just, an Agatha Christie novel. It's a little different. Okay. It might end up in an Agatha Christie novel, but <laughs> no. I mean, you know what? Do it. Who am I to say? This was also in like 2011, so quite a bit a difference yeah. there too. Yeah. But it was like fucking seven hundred dollars then. Yeah. I don't know what it'll be. Well, now. it's not. I mean, like I've I've looked up prices, and I mean, there's some really decent rates for. I mean, it might be now. It might be yeah. now for sure. All right. Well, but just make sure you're I'm check seeing into all the of our sleeper. Options. I'm gonna check into all of our options. Uh-huh. And see yeah. what comes with the sleeper. Just just look it up. Cause I was like going into it like ah, and I was like and I had fun. I had fun, but also I was young and I was like, this is fun because of this. Yeah. When you get a little older and you're it's kind of like Yeah. I mean, listen, I don't want to be on a train for fucking days and days and days. It, on it's end, gonna be so. days and days and days. If, if that's the case, then we'll just have to fucking fly. If you go to LA, oh 100 percent It's gonna be at least days and days and days. Okay. But I think, I think we should get to topic. Yeah, let's get to topic. Let's do it. You need to fly, though. <laughs> I love flying. 
Like in my dreams? Yeah. Mishfestgate. In 1994, Ricky officially dubbed the protest Camp Trans, and the numbers grew to 31. They made signs and buttons and papered porta potties with flyers that busted the gender myths behind the women born women policy. But activism didn't come without risk. People were interrogated, harassed, called slurs, and humiliated. People's safety was threatened. It got ugly. Camp Trans wanted to dialogue with the women at Mishfest in order to advocate for the inclusion of trans women in the festival, but they weren't allowed on the land. Luckily, they had allies on the inside. The Lesbian Avengers, a radical group of activists, invited Camp Trans onto the land. Ricky, afraid for the group's safety, asked for an escort. Two hours later, members of Camp Trans passed through the gates of Mishfest, flanked by dykes and black leather jackets. The tension was thick as they walked through the clusters of tents. By the time they reached the middle of the camp, over 200 women had gathered to hear them speak. A hush spread over the crowd. Leslie took the stage and spoke truth. There have always been transsexual women helping to build the women's movement. And whenever you have been in a large gathering of women, I assure you, you have been with transsexual women. Did you feel unsafe? They're women in a women-hating society. So of course, transsexual women want to be welcomed into women's space for the same reason that every woman does, to feel safe. A huge cheer arose from the crowd. And for one night, the members of Camp Trans and Mishfest slept under the same stars. Mishfest never officially changed its women-born women policy. Performers routinely boycotted the festival because of this, and Mishfest finally closed its gates in 2015. Speculation is that their exclusionary policies were part of the festival's undoing. Camp Trans and their allies fought for what Ricky and Leslie believed in so deeply. The right to self-determine one's gender is a basic human right. And it's a right that we are still fighting for. We've been around. It's been 23 years since the Michigan Women's Music Festival became a symbol of all that's wrong with cis privilege. And some might wonder why the fight to end cis slash trans segregation at the Michigan Women's Music Festival continues to be relevant. Lost in the discussion is the actual story of what transpired that cool August night back in 1991. Here's what happened that night, as recounted by Nancy Burkholder herself. Okay. In August 1991, I attended my second Michigan Women's Music Festival with Laura Irvin. Laura and I drove 1,050 miles nonstop in her Mm. vehicle and arrived at the festival, car number 33, at about 9 a.m. Monday morning. And we talked about that. That's the, the, line. the line. We walked and talked with women waiting with us on the road, bought raffle tickets from a festival promoter, and joined women in joyous enthusiasm, camaraderie, and expectation while we awaited the start of the festival at 2. When we got onto the land, Laura volunteered the use of her vehicle to help with shuttle service. 
Laura and I split the work shift. I worked the first two hours while Laura moved our gear to the campsite and set up her tent. She worked the next two hours while I slept in my set up my tent. After going through an orientation run with a shuttle coordinator, I began the process of loading women's gear and driving them to their desired destinations. I felt a sense of pride in my work, welcoming the women, helping them with their gear, and answering their questions. And that really is some of the most like fun moments, like when you first get in there and all these women are helping load each other's gear up and like yeah. doing thing. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. really fucking badass. That's and- that's the first second. That's the first time you get there and you that's the first time i feel like for most people they'll be like okay this place is different very different and this is really fucking heartbreaking to hear yeah absolutely overall it's just heart i'm sorry i have this retainer in so again i'm gonna have a little bit of list list all right but it's just really heartbreaking to hear like it's 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 so heartbreaking it's so hard i i don't mean to like not give the story like serious because of my Lesson. Yeah, but it's still <laughs> anyway. You know, um, but yeah, that really is like I mean, it's it, it's the first anybody I've ever brought to festival. And there's been quite a few that I brought to festival. That's the moment where they're like, "Wow, what is this?" When you get there, the welcome home women sign. The you're kind of ushered in. The who are you? Where are you from? What do you do? You know, not what do you do, but like who? What? welcome everything Just everything about welcome. you what who why yeah i love you thank you for coming here yes like all of it it feels like love yeah at the completion of my shuttle shift i set up my campsite took a much welcomed shower and went for a long walk in the woods i met laura at our campsite and she invited me to walk with her to the main gate to meet a friend who was arriving on a chartered bus from grand rapids at 10 that night we arrived at the main gate at about 9 30 p.m and sat down around the fire pit with several other women We chatted with the women and enjoyed the warmth of the fire. At around 10 p.m., we received word that the bus was delayed and would arrive around 11. Laura and I decided to remain at the main gate until the bus arrived. We continued continued to socialize with the women who come and went from the area of the fire pit. The bus arrived at about 11, and Laura went over to the bus. A woman requested that I stay away from the bus to avoid congestion. I stopped at the edge of the road about 20 feet from the fire pit. While I waited for Laura to return, I was approached by two women, Chris Coyote and Del Kelleher. Chris said that she needed to speak with me regarding a serious and difficult matter. Sensing her urgency, I suggested we move away from the women near the fire pit in order to talk privately. Chris said that the Michigan Women's Music Festival was a woman-only event, and she wanted to know if I was a man. I replied that I was a woman, and I showed her my New New Hampshire picture ID driver's license. Then she asked me if I was a transsexual. I asked her what was the point of her questioning, and she replied that transsexuals were not permitted to attend the festival. She said that Michigan Women's Music Festival policy was that the festival was open to natural women born women only. I replied that nowhere in any festival literature or the program guide was that policy stated. I asked Chris to please verify that policy, and she went to the office to contact the festival producers, Lisa Vogel and Boo Price. Sometime during this conversation, I waved Laura to come over, and she witnessed much of what transpired. I continued speaking with Dell. Dell stated that the reason the policy was not in any literature was because the issue of transsexuals had never come up as a problem before. Problem? Anyway, that was editorializing. 
Dell added that the policy was for the benefit of the transsexual's safety and the safety of the women attending the festival. When I pointed out that there were other transsexuals on the land, she acknowledged that this was true. Then she added, we just haven't caught them yet, but we did catch you. At around midnight, Chris returned and told me that she had talked to the producers and that they had indeed verified the transsexuals were not allowed at the festival. I asked to speak with the producers directly. Chris stated that the producers would not speak with me and that she was the designated contact for the producers. Chris asked me if I had a sex change operation. I replied that was none of her business. I said that I was willing to submit to genital examination in order to satisfy her concerns about my sex. She replied that she would not feel comfortable doing this. I said that was a rather odd reaction since public nudity was quite common at festival. How would viewing my cunt be different from any other woman's? I told her to please produce her proof to her insinuations that I was a transsexual. She looked at me for a few for a few seconds, saying nothing. Then she said that the festival producers had empowered her to expel any woman at any time at her discretion. She told me that I had had to leave the festival and that I would not even be allowed to return to my campsite to retrieve my equipment. Wow. I realized that Chris and Dell were expelling me in spite of all the irrefutable legal and anatomical proof that I was a woman. I knew there was nothing more I could say to these women. I resigned myself to the fact that these women were expelling me from the festival. Laura and Chris departed to pick up a few of my personal belongings while Dell stayed with me. Dell facilitated some arrangements for a room at a motel in Walhalla, about 10 miles distant. For some moments, I stood outside the circle of women at the fire pit at the place where our conversation transpired. The night was clear and the air had a chill to it. Suddenly I realized I was cold. I was wearing only nylon shorts, a flannel shirt, and sandals. I hadn't dressed for extended nighttime exposure. Dell invited me to return to the fire pit. I sat at the edge of the pit for a long time. I'm not sure how long. My mind was blank, my body absolutely still, as I became aware of the emotional devastation that I felt inside. The events that were going down seemed totally unreal. Nevertheless, I found a place of calm inside myself. I found acceptance for my situation, and I could feel the emotional devastation without the devastation overwhelming me. I stared into the fire. The heat from the glowing embers warmed my legs and face. Dell stayed close by. From the time Dell and Chris first approached me until I left the land, I was guarded and forbidden from leaving the area around the fire pit. After some time, <clears throat> excuse me, Dell met with a woman from the office and she called me to come over to her. I got up and went over. I turned on my flashlight and she handed me a printed receipt stamped with a Michigan Women's Music Festival logo. Printed receipt? Yeah. Like, she, I guess it doesn't really matter, but is that like money back? Is that? Yeah, I'm not. Just, no, yeah. Okay. Uh, I signed the receipt and she gave me a cash refund for my ticket. There you go. Oh, it's even yeah. tackier. I held my flashlight up and pointed its beam at my right wrist as Dell cut the wrist ticket free. Then I returned to the fire pit to await Laura's return. During this time, not one of the half dozen women who sat with me at the fire pit spoke or looked at me. I no longer tried to keep secret the nature of the events that were going down. I asked Dell if someone was going to protect my personal belongings from theft or vandalism. She replied that Chris and my friend had probably gone back to the site to retrieve all of my belongings. At about 12.50 a.m., Laura returned with all of my equipment and her car. 
we departed the land. In less than two hours and under the cover of darkness, the festival personnel had expelled me from the land. Their actions were facilitated by our closeness to the main gate and the lateness of the hour. There were no witnesses to the events except for Laura, Chris, and Dell. I don't know. The women present at the fire pit knew of the, knew of the events that had transpired. Laura and I arrived at the motel around 1.20 a.m. Tuesday morning. We were both emotionally and physically exhausted. Neither of us had slept more than a few hours in the past 42. The motel room was a small cinder block room. We were greeted by the smell of wet, moldy carpet. Sounds lovely. After an expectation of yeah. the week in the woods. The stillness of the night was interrupted by the loud roar of trucks passing by our open window facing Route 10. I still could not believe this was really happening. I slept very little that night. I was exhausted from our 20 hours of travel and in shock from the emotional trauma perpetrated by the festival women. I eventually slept for a few hours, and when I awoke, it was light outside. The mattress bed had duplicated the effect of sleeping outside on the hard ground. My hips and thighs ached. I showered, repacked my gear, and we departed for Grand Rapids. When we stopped for breakfast in Muskegon, I called to make reservations for a plane flight home. The flight cost three eighty two, and I was grateful for having a credit card. I did not have cash. I departed Grand Rapids at twelve forty p.m. and arrived at Worcester. Is that right? Worcester, Worcester, Massachusetts. Worcester, Worcester at at six twenty five p.m. Laura called ahead and made arrangements for transportation from the airport to call to for a car for me with an additional fifty dollars. I drove home, arriving about 9.15 p.m. And that's the end of the article. It's from the Trans Advocate, um, and this was written in uh, 2000, hmm, I don't know. There's no real date on it, and there's no real. That's fine. I mean, that's our, like, yeah, like it's. Yeah, I mean, so I can't really give you sourcing, but uh, here we go. Wait, Christian Williams is a trans historian and pioneer. So Christian Williams, or Kristen, excuse me. Kristen Williams wrote this article in a million years ago. Oh, wait, no, the article actually does continue. (laughs) But it goes into... Not yet. uh, Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, that's the point is that's what we wanted to talk about. Yeah. We don't need to talk about the rest of the article because it's more about, like, breaking things down in terms of a historian's perspective. Yeah. Which we're not in... We're not a history podcast. No, but we are people that participated in something that did that. Yes, we are. So we have to own that. We absolutely have to own that. And Um, we have prefaced this episode with, you know, a lot of our joy in in mm -hmm. being able to participate in that. And that, you know, that really was, you know, privilege for us. A hundred percent. And yeah, as as cis women, we were like. Absolutely. Like, you know, I can't speak for you. But like myself uh, at the time, I mean, I don't even like had you asked me on the land, I would 100 percent say. And I mean, now, obviously, well, now my the way that I would have behaved is different. And I'll just say that like up front. But then I would have 100 percent said that I believe trans women are women. There's no question about it. They belong on the land. I know there were trans women on the land. Um you know, and I'm certainly not going to be like, oh, I was friends with trans women on land. Because, like, that 
sounds kind of silly, but like I know there were trans women on land. Like yeah. I believe that wholeheartedly and I wanted to sort, excuse me, support that. And my issue, honestly, in terms of trans inclusion was always trans men. Yeah. Like trans well, men were welcome on the land. Yes. And mostly it was because they would go by feminine feminine pronouns or not even for the week, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's just fantasy role play or whatever. But here's a trans dude on the fucking there land. A lot and of trans men on the land too. Yeah. That to me was the biggest problematic thing. It's like, listen, you're a dude. You need to fucking respect this space. And like that yeah. was that to me was the biggest disconnect for well, we had- Friends, you know? we had trans men friends oh, that were on land. Yeah, oh, sure. I know, like, and I, you know, rationalized that at the time because yeah. I loved him and I wanted him to, you know, be with all of us, sure. right? But at the same time, like that was absolutely hypocritical of me and gross. Yeah, and I mean, but like trans women on land, like there's never one part of me that would have ever like wanted anything but trans women to be safe and to feel like included. However, they didn't and they weren't and I didn't do anything about it. I'm going to be the first to admit that like, yes, I believed and wanted trans women on land. There's no part of me that wanted, but like I didn't do anything about it. And I, w- I mean, I was there and I attended all of the like, you know, because at, at, during festival, they had a lot of like, you know, we talked about workshops before. They had a lot of workshops about welcoming trans women on land and like, and there were trans women there still. And there were like a lot of like um, things that like, okay, you do this and you support inclusion, right? And I did that. But still the fact that like <laughs> I gave my money to it, even yeah. though knowing that it happened. Yes. Like I'm still um, responsible for that Absolutely. in that way. Yeah. Well, I mean. You know, I remember, okay, so honestly, okay, so let me tell you about how I was introduced to, introduced to women, uh, Michigan Women's Music Festival. And it was actually through Camp Trans, which was, right, the protest camp set up kind of across the way that protested the exclusionary policy of trans women. And, um, so I was still living in Los Angeles at the time and I was up in San Francisco and I was super into Michelle T Mm -hmm. at the time. And I loved everything about Michelle T and like part of my trip to San Francisco was I'm going to find Michelle T. Right. And when I was there, there was a flyer up on a telephone pole about a spoken word poetry slam poetry event going on in support of Camp Trans at such and such place, wherever, in the Market District. Yeah. And I had no idea what Camp Trans was. I was just a huge fucking, like, Michelle T fangirl. Yes. And so that was the whole reason I went. I was like, okay, Michelle T is going to be there. I'm going. So I went. And that's how I became educated about, like, Camp Trans. And that's what gave me knowledge of Michigan Women's Music Music Festival because I had not yeah. heard about it prior to that, right? And that su- after that summer, I moved back to Michigan, or, or I moved to Michigan, I should say, because I had never lived here previously. So I moved to Michigan, and then, you know, uh, however long, a year and a half later or whatever, a couple years later, I'm at Amos, and Amos says to me, you have to come to Michigan Women's Music Festival with me. It's the most amazing experience you can yeah. ever imagine. And I said to her at first, I was like, I'm not going to go. 
And I told her why, you know, and it was because of the education that I had gotten it at the event about sure. camp tra- about camp trans. So she was like, okay, I understand where you're coming from, but it's not actually like that. And there are women on the inside that are working to make a difference. And I think it would be really good for you to experience it for yourself to see that it's not an anti-trans space. Mm -hmm. There are just specific people there who are anti-trans, right? And so I was like, I mean, I was newly in love and I was stupid and I let that fucking take over for me and I did not stick to my guns. And in some ways, you know, I'm really grateful for that because you and I had our Jaeger moments around the cooler and like I had some fucking of the most amazing moments of my life, you know, like body surfing under the stars and being completely safe when I was out and completely exposed. You know, I mean, all of those kinds of things were wonderful and amazing. But at the same time, yeah, like what you said is like we did give money to that and help perpetuate that in spite of the, you know, quote unquote idea of doing the work on the inside. Because I don't think that, like, in reality, did I really do any work on the inside? No, I went to some fucking workshops and talked to my friends about the, you know, the trans-exclusionary policy that none of my friends were in charge of anything. Yeah. We would just have great conversations with all kinds of, you know, my friends and other campers. But, like, literally, did I do anything to make any difference inside? No. And so I have to own that as well, you know? And none of us wanted that policy. Like we all like, like sort of actively didn't want it. But also like, I don't know that anybody in our group did anything. And to be honest, I mean, right now what we're doing and talking about it, we're doing nothing for it. Like we're not coming at you guys with like a, a, from a place of like, okay, wow, we fixed this. Like we didn't just coming at you from a place like, yeah, we fucked up and we see our privilege and we, and also we were like, part of the problem and we participated in the way that we were like, yes, we love festival because, you know, it was a special place to us. But also like the fact that it perpetuated this other thing is super fucked up. And I don't know 100 percent how to reconcile that. Like. I don't know, I, you know, because there are things that about festival that were like, you'll never find anywhere else. I'm just you just won't you won't you won't. You know, this like space that's like so different in and now they've since they've come back and their like whole goal is to be like you know inclusive, inclusive and yes. everything. Like, do I want to support all of that and everything, you know? Um because it was, you know, magical for these certain reasons, you know, it's like this one time to feel safe for us, but also we have other women in our like collective and just women out there that don't feel safe because of this. And the fact that we sort of rejoiced in this like safety while they felt exactly threat- not only felt threatened, but were threatened is kind of fucked Actively up. even sometimes yeah. by Mishfest part people, right? People. I mean, like, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, you know, it's it's it really is such a nuanced discussion yeah. in terms of because. Again, it wasn't a one-dimensional experience. It was a three-dimensional experience. As, yeah. And as Nancy Burkholder, you know, even said, you know, she couldn't wait to go back because she had a magical time the first yeah. time, you know. So it really does fucking suck that she, you know, had that happen yeah. to her. Because in, we 
Because that is really fucked up. And you know, Amos actually had uh, somebody question her uh, gender identity when she was there once, long before she and I had gotten together. But um, somebody actually questioned her and, and she you know, had to answer some questions about that. It's fucking wild. Yeah. Isn't it? You know, I, I, there's no other way to say this because just to be completely honest, today isn't then. That's all I can say. Like, it's just not. Like, right. my, and I'm not making excuses. It's not like my brain wasn't developed or whatever. I just, I didn't, ha- I didn't have the wherewithal. I didn't think outside of a lot of things you know i completely ignorant and probably there's some like super internalized like isms there too you know like in like phobias isms all that all that shit all the bad stuff i'm sure that i embody some of it like i am a white i mean i'm queer but i'm a white woman you know yeah i'm sure there's isms in a boner. I'm sure there's isms. I'm sure there's phobias. All of it. Yes, yes, yes. I will fucking say that. Like, who knows? Especially when I was younger, like, way, way. Like, I didn't even, I didn't think of it. That's the, the definition of privilege is like, of course, I didn't want it to happen, but more so, I just didn't think of yeah, it. Yeah, well, that is exactly the definition of privilege. Yeah. So I went to this place and I felt so safe for the first time. Oh, I'm safe. This is great. This is great. And I, and I went there. 13 times I didn't go there once I went there 13 times and I felt it every time but towards the end I started questioning things more questioning questioning yeah. questioning but I still did go I'm gonna be the first yeah day. and I did feel there was a lot of conversations within festival about inclusion and like that was a big part I'd say for the most part the people that I spent time with at festival were working to change all of it but yeah. that being said the policy was a policy so I still took Part, part in that, it, yes. right? Yep. I I benefited own it. Yeah. from it. Absolutely. I own it. I own it for and sure. Listen, I mean, there was a year that we went to Camp Trans. Yeah. Mimos and I and my sister. I remember. We went we, to Camp Trans. Because we used to go to Camp Trans too. We'd go to festival and then leave and go to Camp Trans. Right. And I had never done any of that because yeah. usually like once I'm settled into a joint, I'm like, mm, yeah. you want me to travel? I already it, traveled to get here. I'm good. Sure. But uh so I had never done the camp trans thing before, but this one year, um, we decided to do the camp trans experience. So the year, I, I can't remember what year we went to camp. Trans. I want to say, okay. Cause I remember, um, I want to say like 2013 or so, but I might be wrong about that. It might be 2011. So bad because I'm like judging off of the breakup. Right. And that was 2010 was, it You're, before or after? Oh, it was before. So it was before 2010 then. Okay. So I'd be like 20, 2009 maybe? It had to the have been 2009. I feel like, yeah, yeah, 2009. Because I remember we went over there, so. Unless it was 2008. Maybe eight or nine, yeah. Which is also yeah. possible. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, I mean, we decided to do the Camp Trans experience. <laughs> and we were, you know, we were kind of coming into it with open minds, but sure. also sort of expecting to have uh you know a fest like vibe in that sense of like hey welcome you know we're glad you're here you know that kind of thing and like we were all cisgender women like yeah first off but 
it really wasn't very well, welcoming for us, first, right? First things first. I mean, I know we kind of covered it last week, but like Camp Trans was a protest camp set up yes. across from the main festival, which is Michigan Women's Music Festival, and a dirt road in Hart, Michigan. Camp Trans was set up across the street, and maybe it was a half a mile down. Not even. Uh, not even, yeah. But like it was sort of a protest festival. So they would camp there so that they could like walk the line and talk to women from festival and kind of like protest. And I feel like by the time we got there, it was no longer a protest festival mm-hmm. as much as it was just sort of like a a rivalry festival. Do you know what yep. I mean? Like there wasn't a lot of like work going on there in terms of how they were going to protest Mishfest at that yeah. point. It was much more an internal festival that was sort of like separate and trying to the separate but equal thing, which I don't want to conflate race and, you know, gender identity issues, but it sure. was kind of that sort of thing where they were trying to set up their own sort of you know, Com- equally awesome eating festival. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That was more inclusive. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that that was also part of it. I mean, it was very small compared to Mishfest, obviously. I mean, less than 100 people. Um, Whereas Mishfest had between 3,000 and 8,000 people. Right. And yeah. so, I mean, it was it was very small. And, and it really was not um, like we – there were certain places and certain groups of people that made <laughs> us feel super fair, very, very welcome, right? Sure. But we did have some neighbors who made us feel very unwelcome, like – what are the fucking cis people doing here? And um, several of the people who came over to greet us were suspect of us because we had been festival goers in the past and we had festival friends. You know what I'm saying? So they were yeah. like, oh, are they spies? And we kind of all found that charming and uh, yeah goofy a little bit because it was sort of like Mishfest doesn't need spies to see how this camp is going it's not great you know I mean yeah. like they don't well, to have, be fair, they also have they the didn't have they didn't the have facilities, facilities. I mean they had some porta porta potties but like those weren't cleaned out every night so by the end of the weekend they were legit like coming up to the rim and so I mean like all of this is to say it was a really lovely effort to try to make something amazing happen, but they did not have the resources or the money to make anything happen. Sure. Like, there was one community meal a day, and most of the time it was like borscht or some shit like that, like beets and like other kind of like, who the fuck wants to eat that? Yeah. Um. So, I mean, like it was, it was one of those situations where like we really definitely felt uncomfortable because we didn't feel very welcome there yeah in spite of us trying to you know kind of move in you know the different circles there um we felt very unwelcome but at the same time they did not have and that was that was the thing it was they didn't have the kind of resources or the kind of like foundational operational things to make this a great fucking experience for everybody. I mean, they did have performers, which was amazing and fun, but it it didn't have that same sense of camaraderie. Well, and that could have very, very much jointed, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, and that could have very much been, you know, because we were cis women who were invading a, a space that, you know, was 
really set up for, you know, trans people to be more welcomed in. Right. But at the same time, it was like, but we're allies and we're trying to like, I don't know. I mean, like it was just kind of a weird, weird scene. That was just my experience. And you know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm not saying anything like bad about camp trans. It was just not set up for success yeah i remember we would go to camp trans and that was welcome from the folks at camp trans um the fessies like would go down there and we go for shows and stuff like that and kind of that was part of our you know one night we go to camp trans and um i feel like that was welcome they kind of all like it was sort of a thing and yeah you know um it was very different different vibe also um just yeah very different vibe but um I don't know. I feel like the protest would have been, I, I hate saying this, but I feel like the protest would have been more successful without Camp Trans because Tram, if you went to Camp Trans, it was fucking chaotic and everybody was, it was so mean. Every, like it was just chaotic and there was, it was, it was most, I would say it was mostly trans men. A big chunk of it was trans men. I would say that's And true. it was a At very, like... when we went there. Yeah, it was mostly trans men. I mean, I didn't meet a lot of trans women there. And it was a very, like, different... Just, I don't know, different vibe. And different vibe from what Festival was set up as. But also, I mean, that's... Yeah, that's right. Because I mean, if you're coming out of a protest mode, you're not actually setting up a camp space to be fun and relaxing. Exactly. Right? You know, so I mean, like, you're setting that. it up to be... Yeah. A tense space. Yeah. yeah. And we when we would go there, it would be a tense space. Um, so I don't know. Like I, I don't I don't know what it was supposed to be or what it should have been and what I got out of it or what I should have. I probably don't matter in that conversation to be honest. Well, also, I mean, like I think that like Camp Trans by the time we went was kind of past its prime. Like I feel like they did the majority of the protests and stuff sort of in the nineties. And maybe early 2000s. Yeah. And by that point, they were, because they were almost dying out at this point. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And so they were kind of holding on by like. And I mean, they did it. Threats. They did do it. Festival Absolutely. fucking ended. And make no mistake, festival ended because of their exclusionary. Absolutely they did. Their their exclusionary practices. Fest, like, And I mean, I'm not going to say, I don't. I don't know for sure. I know there were trans women on the land. I don't know how they felt. I'm not going to speak to that. Um, I talked to quite a few trans women, but again, I don't know what they felt. I I don't know their experience. Um, But I do know that that ignorant, exclusionary, like, kind of policy that like Lisa okay, you Vogel, sounded Canadian again policy I'm just letting you know clearly I don't know Canadian, why I talk like that clearly Canadian I don't know why I talk like that dollar um Lisa Vogel like that was her policy uh, until yeah like even though she would kind of like skirt around it she would still say like I am looking for a woman born woman's space not looking for but I like I'm creating a yes woman born and woman's like space. So, and here's the thing it's like Arguably, trans women are women born women. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's like just, it's they're a just. Whole, yeah, I mean, it's just. A there's fucking, no point. Like, yeah, so fucking dumb. There's to, no like, point to argue get into any it, yeah. of this. But I mean, that was her whole policy. Well, here's here's what here's what's interesting though is like I also have a tie to that to, to festival ending, and I was working for Equality Michigan at the time, um, and 
my boss, Emily Devendorf, who was a fucking badass, hardcore, amazing woman and still is. And she's actually running for state Senate in Michigan in the Lansing area. If you are in her district, I highly recommend voting She's running for, for senator? Uh, no, state state rep oh okay i'm sorry i think oh, i okay. said I, I did say senate but yeah, I'm a, okay oh, state okay. rep okay. uh but like statewide not like federal sure but she's a badass vote for her um so i was working at equality michigan in 2015 when emily put out the letter that was one of the driving forces to closing festival i and she got a lot of flack and a lot of attention and we put this out as an org and it was about the trans exclusionary policy and how Michigan or equality Michigan yeah. was not going to support again Lisa Vogel till she the very had, end she had many conversations with Lisa and the very she end would adopted that policy so hard to get her to see that trans women are women yep. and Emily put out a scathing op-ed that ended up going national. And it was one of the things that ended up, I think, helping to finalize the conversation. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because Lisa, she owned the land. It was a privately owned land. So she technically could be fucking um, discriminatory against anybody. She could be as douchey as she wanted to. So she did do that. And she held on to it. And, and you know, and the funny thing about, like, Lisa Vogel, like, if you follow her... She seems to be this like really like progressive, interesting person. But when it really comes down to it, I mean, the fact that she ha like she would hold on to that it was like, what's that one dude that fucking held on to Strom Thurmond or whatever, held on to <laughs> fucking racism forever. She has still hold on to that till her. I mean, she's not dead, but till her dying day, this idea of like women born women, but only cis women. So. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know where she was with it because, you know, if she wanted to just um, retire, the idea that she could have changed. That's the thing. That sort she of thing could for one have, year. She could have she changed could have that said, policy for you know, a year. But also, you know what else she could have done? She could have said, I'm going to retire and leave this to the next generation and let the policy change and whatever. Yeah. She didn't have to close the festival. She and that it. she fucking no. decided to die on that hill she died on that a hill. shitty fucking hill to die on she died on it it's, it's the opposite now, side of history i will say i will say i will say that um luckily now there were quite a few options when that happened now um originally the people who took over the land were like these fucking like northern michigan hunters were like yes this little big chunk of land so there was like a bunch of hunters there but then eventually this um these people got together and bought the land is this like co-op and it is their mission. The first thing they say is that they are inclusive. And I mean, there's no women for women. It is like all inclusive trans women are women, you know, and they've started this other festival Fern Fest, which is sort of like Michigan's music festival, the same kind of dates. It's really giving the same vibes, but um, but is it the same infrastructure? That's what I'm curious about. I, I, I didn't go. I don't I'm, know. So this year it happened for the first time. Yeah, and it, I'm I'm looking at the pictures and it looks very similar. But I'm gonna go next year. I want to go next year. Are you? Because okay. yeah, their policy is 
inclusive. It, they talk like specifically say, "Oh, I know, trans women are women. I You're love all that. welcome on the slam." Absolutely. So I'm curious, but I yeah, I want to go. I didn't go this year because I wanted to kind of see how it played out. I didn't want it to be a fucking bunch of like, like women who are protest like i'm not going i'm not going to be a part of a space that like women are just protesting trans women i don't want i don't want that i don't want to do with it i don't want anything so i don't want to go yeah. let's see how it went but it yeah. looks like to me that the women that participate in this are you know like being inclusive so right on right on we i mean yeah. and they're not trying to change it from the inside to go backwards That's yeah good. we'll see i mean i mean although like i'm still saying like right on like it's still sort of like am i still participating in something I don't know. I don't know well, how I feel. Things about it, evolve, but, and that's yeah. you know. I mean, and hopefully it's evolved in the right way. And I mean, yeah. we definitely have. We've you know we accept you know our part in. Yeah, I hope so. The I mean, oppression of trans women yeah. and like. Sorry, I don't. It's so, we it's did so it. Shitty. Yeah, it was like so I, fucking shitty. And I'm uh, so bummed. We're moving that, forward, like, trying to be the best trans allies that we can. Moving forward. I'm so bummed that like I yeah I was so like um it was just such it's such a big part of my life festival is such yeah. a big part um and then moving forward I just I really hope trans women participate in it although I understand that they wouldn't I absolutely yeah I hear you and that's I mean the thing is is like we did have two episodes talking about how much fun we had there yeah. and, and enjoying the space and all of that's true I mean you know I mean that was us you know being able to enjoy our privilege and. And also recognizing that, you know, spaces are sometimes fraught with nuance of good, bad, and awful, yeah. and ugly. Yeah. And, I mean, it's not all just a one-dimensional experience. It's... Yeah. And, and you know, the next space there, um, from the looks of it, like, it looks like trans women participate. it is, well, yes. Like, I've, I saw a lot of trans women participating in it, so that makes me feel like, okay, well, this is going to be different, you know, and that's something that's I want to be part of. Yeah, absolutely. Because Michigan was special in the way that, like, you know, you're just kind of away from men. Yes. And men, you hear me, I'm telling you. Hashtag all men. A fucking away from men, yeah. I mean, literally. You need to be. Like, I would cry when I would see my first man after leaving. <sighs> You know, it's a week away from men and Fernfest had that, but also being like inclusive to trans women, like sign me up. Yeah. Hard agree. But um, yeah. So Lisa Vogel, it kind of fucking sucks that you went out like that. Like if you could have just even, you know what? No, it shouldn't have ever happened. But if there had been any kind of like growth. Yeah. But there growth. really wasn't. Growth. There wasn't. And Turns you, out you're you, a turf. You kept it. You, you hung on to it and the women that followed you felt really comfortable hanging on to it too. And so there's so many fucking like transphobic women that like follow the original Miss Fesh page and all those things. Like, oh, I unfollowed them yeah. a million years ago. They yeah, just so me I mean, out. it's bad and it really sucks. And, you know, Lisa, you really could have done better. I'm and such I'm, an activist. I unfollowed their page. Oh, that's yep. so so brave. brave. You're so brave. So brave. We're both very brave. Very brave. No, we're not. We should have done better. We should have done better. Yeah. We admit it now. Yeah. We should do better. And we will do better moving forward. All right. It's the best we can do. Let's do crushes. Crushes. <laughs> Crush. Crush. 
You got the crushes. Rushing the crushes. Rushing the crushes. You got a crush and you're rushing your crush. I don't know. You got a crush and you're rushing your crush. I like that. They're rushing, crushing. They're rushing. Crushing the Russian, it's not Putin ever. Nobody no. loves Putin. He is the worst of the crushing Russians. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a whole new theme song. He is the worst of the crushing Russians. I feel like you really missed the boat there with like writing music. Like and stuff. seriously, I should have written like commercial anti-Russian jingles. propaganda um, commercial jingles. Or that. Yeah. Who's your crush? Yeah. Now we're starting I with you. I get to go first. Week. Yes. We always start with me. I am going with the Go-Go's. Okay. Okay. So there is a fucking amazing documentary on Showtime about the Go-Go's. Okay. And I have to tell you, it is absolutely a recommendation. They were like the OG Riot Girls before Riot Girls existed. Sure. They were fucking punk back in like the late seventies, early eighties. Like, I mean, they were. Hold on, our lips are sealed. You know, like doesn't matter what they say. Vacation, vacation, having a getaway. What about Mickey? Oh, Mickey. No, that's totally somebody else. But the Go Go's were fucking punk as hell. Love it and. They were sleeping with each other and love it. Doing all the drugs and having all the fun. And it Fuck, is yeah. such an interesting documentary because I, I always thought of them as like a pop band, right? Sure. And then like learning that they were like actually punk to start off with. And I'm like, here they this were weekend. Pretty much punk, like to their core all the way through and they they still the fuck are and i love the shit out of them oh, I'm, I'm here this weekend and they have showtime oh so totally watch you it absolutely have to watch it okay so good so worth the watch my especially cr- finding out that they were all sleeping together no i'm gonna fabulous. google that as soon as i get home i'm gonna share you all over it. <laughs> you're like mm, do i have okay. images no seriously i will look it up <laughs> um so have you watched illegal drone no the show? not the oh show God. no okay, not so yet so first of all i'm just gonna say i've watched a um, Probably what, like a million shows? I'm not exaggerating. Maybe a million. Maybe like 700,000, right? Right. Only get their own is the best. For a couple of reasons. Would number you one, even number one. over One Tree Hill? No. Second best. No, uh, What about Gossip Girl? Yes. Better than Gossip Girl. Pretty better Little than Liars? Girls, better than Pretty Little Liars. Better than The O.C. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'd say the only thing. And the only reason why What one about Tree Hill, uh, the, what was the Vampire other? Vampire Diaries. Okay. Better than Vampire Diaries. The only wow. reason why One Tree Hill, there's nothing like it to me. That the most special thing. But that's a personal thing. Now, A League of Their Own, I think, is is better written than One Tree Hill. Um, Abby Jacobson is So it's it's basically the best in a different like kind of way. It's, I think it's the best show ever made, but One Tree Hill is my favorite. If gotcha. You get that. Okay. I totally get it. One Tree Hill will always be my favorite, but I think it's the best show, probably, in my opinion, ever written. I think it's so brilliant and smart and funny and perfect. And it is, for all the shows that have ever existed, it is the queer show. There's nothing like it for lesbians. Nothing. Yeah. First of all, Abby Jacobson does this job and I don't know how to explain it. Because she's like, she is in Broad City, right? She's like, she's like Abby. She's a Love little, her she's so, so much, She's so yes. fucking quirky and anxious. Yes. 
Darcy Carden is literally a dream. You know her from like Janet from The Good Place. Oh yeah, absolutely. But beyond that, the all the other characters and they're every single character. And Rosie O'Donnell's in it, and she owns an old school lesbian bar. There's never, ever, ever, ever in the history of the world been a lesbian show written like this. This is the lesbian show. This is the first one that's ever been written. Every, all the characters, okay. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, oh, they're all into being gay. Well, what about the L word? No, it's better. It's it's different. <laughs> the, the L word is like, it focuses on the drama with the lesbians. This focuses on drama with lesbians. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, this but is, the primary focus isn't their love lives. It's something no, else. But and it, that's just all but, secondary but, stuff. Yeah, right? but, the, but being... Okay, so They're I actually will say, like whole characters as opposed to just lesbians. I will say that the legal their own... And then the L word. Like, it's like a before and after. The L word, I'm so glad it happened. It's the best lesbian show ever because it's the most lesbian show ever. And and it's them existing outside of, like, our trauma in the way that, like, coming out usually isn't a big thing. Whereas in the League of Their Own, it is a thing because it happens at that time. And it happened in real life. Sure. All of these fucking women were actually lesbians and they all come out later in life but this tells the story of lesbians in the when did this happen I, yeah like long fucking time 40, ago when 30s wait, 40s 1930s, so world war ii 1940s. was 1939 to 1945 and i think this was during world war ii i so 1939 to 1945 true, yeah. well i can get into the whole like allied troops and stuff like that but actually when germany invaded poland that was 1939 and when america dropped the you know so 1939 to 1945 so it happens there. So it's obviously the coming out is very different. Yeah. But it is the most queer, beautiful. I don't I don't know how to explain it. I've never watched anything like it. My heart was here and my mouth was here. And I was like. So your heart was singing and your mouth was on the floor. No, Evie, it's, it's not it's like there's nothing like it. You have to watch it immediately. And like it's that good. There's good and then there's up where that fucking curtain is good and it is that good it's that well written it's so smart and interesting and sad and good in everything and it's it's so good and darcy carden is everybody anybody who's watched it knows exactly and you watch it and you'll be like okay she's literally the hottest person on the planet like the way that she's greta in this show is so ridiculous and it's so sexy and fucking perfect but then also like max mm. like carson is abby and she's okay. gorgeous too but max greta and max do it for me okay. and you'll watch you just watch okay i will it's it's that good I it's, it's probably it's it's the best queer show i've ever seen queer as folk better Better. I love that. And you know what yes, I feel I like do. Folk. I do. That's why Queer as Folk is my favorite gay show aside from A League of Their Own. There it is. And we need to watch Queer as Folk. You hear well, no, you I've heard it here, it, folks? Well, we need to watch the new one so that you, we can talk about it because I want a Queer as Folk episode. Yeah. Like, totally. our word yes is important, but Queer as Folk is my favorite gay show, but League of Their Own, I think, is the best. Okay. Well, Queer I'm super into it. Yeah. I can't wait to. Oh, my God. Just, Check it out. I really can't. It's so much. It's so it's so heartwarming and big. And it's bigger than anything I've ever watched in like the queer community. Like it's so big. You know, when um 
a bunch of years ago, Amos and I did a little like feminist little trek with our moms and we went up to Seneca Falls, New York. And it was, I uh, can't remember. It was, it was some anniversary after the signing of the declaration of sentiments. I like, it wasn't a hundred years exactly, but it was pretty close to it. And, uh, there were all these, you know, like, you know, the uh, historic actors, you know, walking around town and doing all this stuff. But there was a group of women that were up there at that time who were all dressed in like historic uh, softball and softball gear. And we got a really cool picture with them because it was like, you know, it was like everybody was kind of celebrating this amazing moment for women in the history of the U.S. And and these fucking les and it was all fucking lesbians. The the show in in the show is Accurate. Yeah. It's not, they're not, they don't take liberties. They found each person that they're playing and they found their background. Yeah. And so they like try to stick to it. I love that. And the fact that they're all the Georgia peaches, so they call them the fruits. Oh, that's so cute. No, no, no. And they're all like, it's okay. Fruits, come on. And it's so cute. And it's like, it's You're just such a gay fruit. It's so good. And I'm sorry, but I will say, you know, Darcy Cardin was going to be my crush because I'm fucking in love with her and I would literally cut my left finger off her. But Rosie O'Donnell, she is, I wouldn't say it's a cameo. It's a little bit more than that. First of all, I think she deserves better than we gave her. Like, I just think she deserves Hard agree. better. Yeah. She deserves And I love her in the L word. I think she does in the new one, the L, Gen yeah. Q. I think she does a great yeah. job. She looks so fucking good in a league of their own she just just watch it and watch who she is and how she carries herself she looks so good in it and she does such a good job right on so she's gonna be my crush this week oh fucking rosie o'donnell switching it up going to rosie Rosie. okay darcy will be next week and the week (laughs) after and the week after that but rosie o'donnell no she looks so good this week like she's she's so good in the show it's you just gotta watch it. It's so I can't wait. Evie, to watch I'm not it. joking. Like it's that. I big. know. I mean, I've heard a ton it's, about it. It's bad. Queer's folk. It's up there. Yeah, yeah. That's how good it is. And you know, I love Brian Kenny. Yes, you I know, do. I fucking love Brian. Yes, Brian. I Kenny. do. Yeah, it's better. But you should also follow Hal Sparks on Twitter. Okay. I'm he he's good. Michael. Oh, Hell Sparks! In, like, yeah, oh, I and, like, follow him. 100. Like, he, in real zero. life, he's the his boss. long hair drives me nuts. But I love he him. He doesn't have actual long hair he in did real life for a minute. He had like to here, and I didn't want to make fun of him. But like last year, maybe like 2020, like pandemic days. But I followed him, and he had this like, <laughs> and he looked like one of the Volturi, which doesn't matter to you because you didn't watch Twilight. But our folks back home that did watch Twilight, they don't want to talk about. Okay. But yeah, so I fucking love it. I love all of it, but a league of their own is in a league of their own. Fair enough. And so are the go-go's. All right, let's do it. Okay. So let's do it. I love it. Um, you can find us on Facebook at queerdos.com. No. Queerdos on Facebook. What, what Queer, the fuck is wait. it? Queerdos? Queer podcast on Instagram, Queerdos on Facebook. There it is. That's all. (laughs) All right. See you next week. So we'll see you next week. Love you. Bye. Bye. I I know, but we're going to need it. Yeah, we are going to need it. Yeah. In a few minutes. So should we do the intro and then look it up? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's just a quick Wikipedia search. Don't you think? Ew, you sound like a 
like you're like making fun of me. Like no, I'm it's, not. It's just quick, don't you think? <laughs> fucking so fucking not. idiot, don't you think? I don't mean it that way it's at all. A little bit like that. Okay, okay it's yeah. totally like that. That's what I meant, idiot. Sure. I'm just kidding. 